0: everybody, this is the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm Marcus Rude, and today I'm here with director, producer, actor Sean Donahue, and he's made movies such as Cannibal Claws, uh, Naked Cannibal Campers, Deathscort Service, and he's here to talk about his new film called Zed's Dead. Uh, Sean, how are you doing today, man?
1: Good. Good. How you doing?
0: good good man i'm glad to have you on here thanks for having me so uh before we dive into like uh zed's dead and and maybe some of your other films uh when did you first discover your love for the horror genre
1: um man i mean really when i was a kid i guess i mean i um you know i was an 80s kid and i i grew up renting videos from video stores and you know i think i was just you know, like a lot of people, I'm sure you've heard this, you have to say the same thing, you know, I was attracted to the, the box cover art. Um, and, uh, you know, my parents were were really cool and they let me rent stuff that I probably shouldn't have been watching. Um, and I rented, I mean, horror and comedies were always my two go-tos. Um, you know, I rented a lot of stuff, you know, from there. Um, but yeah, I think really, uh, just the inventive box cover art is what lured me into wanting to watch the movies, you know, um, in the, in the mid eighties, you know, it, uh, your mom and pop video
0: stores. Right. Yeah, dude. The, uh, the box cart box art always got me too. And, uh, and it's funny cause, uh, some of the, the box art, um, it, it'll show something that's completely different than what's in the movie.
1: Oh yeah. That would, that would upset me sometimes. You know, you ran <laughs> like, Oh man, this doesn't happen. But sometimes, I mean, it, it, it would, you know, they're like, Oh, okay. But, um, nevertheless, I, you know, I fell for that trick many times over. It would, you know, it's like, cause back in those days, that's, that's all you, you had, there was no, you know, a lot of those movies didn't have commercials on TV. There was no internet box cover was literally all you had to go by you know whether or not you were gonna pay money to watch it or not
0: right like uh the one that comes to mind i uh i think it was from like edde and uh it was supposed to be like a women in cages type movie okay and like i forgot the exact title but uh one of them like the cover had like these two hot chicks on it and i was like okay like you know this might be (laughs) kind of interesting and i go to watch it and it's like the girls first of all the girls aren't even in the movie that were on the cover and then uh uh the movie looked like it was probably filmed in the 70s so it was probably like a 70s you know women in cage exploitation type film and i was like oh my gosh i got sucked into this one (laughs) by the cover yeah
1: no i mean that would happen and i mean i think i think anyone who rented videos knew that was part of the game you know like the the box cover arts could be misleading um and then sometimes the box cover art was cool and misleading but the movie was still cool anyway um one that pops up in my mind uh you ever see the movie house yeah okay right that box cover if memory serves was like this weird veiny looking hand and it was pushing a doorbell and for some reason i don't know i just always thought it was neat you know that scene in the movie never happens you know that you know (laughs) you don't you don't see that hand push a doorbell but nevertheless the movie was still cool you know
0: right yeah i agree
1: so yeah box (laughs) cover art man that's that's uh that's how i got lured in and then you know and then you know just kept watching movies and uh I don't know I like horror movies. I don't know why. <laughs> right.
0: Sometimes you don't really need like a, a definitive answer. It's just
1: I just it's it's, you know, I find it interesting, I guess.
0: Yeah, it it's it's art nonetheless and it's definitely a lot more interesting than some of the other genres of film out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like I like movies in general. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, movies that aren't horror that i like um but uh i don't know i mean the the cool thing about i mean what attracted me to horror movies to making them is you know it's something that you could do fairly cheap and you can still reach an audience with it like if i made a drama or a comedy i don't think i made it kind of a dark comedy um i didn't uh, you know and i didn't get the kind of uh appraise praise that I got on some of my other stuff, you
0: know? Yeah. And like, uh, with, with the horror genre, it's one of those genres where, uh, it, it, it really is big in a sense of, uh, like, uh, conventions for instance, like there, I mean, there are some sci-fi conventions, um, you know, like with like star Trek, star Wars type of, uh, you know, and so forth. Uh, conventions but horror really is kind of like the bigger one where it draws in bigger crowds and uh you know a lot of people want to meet uh people that have worked in the horror genre and uh, yeah
1: no it's um don't get me wrong i think it's interesting and awesome but i still don't quite understand why either you know i'm it's like it seems like people that are into horror they're either really into it or they're not into it at all. And the people that are into it collect movies and posters and T-shirts and hats and toys. And there's no other genre where you see people collecting stuff like that. And like I said, I'm not even sure why, like, I don't know why. I mean, I think, (laughs) I think it's cool. And I'm, you know, just as guilty, you know, um, but I don't know. I don't know why people do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not like, uh, oh, man, next week, you know, there's an action convention going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know. Oh, and I might be interested in going to something like that just to, like, see what it would be like. Um, But I don't know. It sounds odd. You know, it sounds weird.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, action maybe okay but like uh like romance or like yeah comedy. <laughs> like, romance,
1: like a romantic comedy convention <laughs> right. i don't
0: see i mean wh- like
1: lifetime presents collect? yeah like <laughs> I, I mean maybe i don't know like, because i've never seen anything like that happen that might work i wouldn't want to be the guy that tried it but I'd, I'd be curious to see what the result would be You know,
0: right yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> that might be kind of a little, little too uh far of uh yeah as far as i would go <laughs> you know? but who knows it might float someone's boat i don't know but uh you know th- this kind of leads into my my next question uh how did uh the tampa bay screams horror convention come about and uh what can people expect when going to an event
1: okay so tampa bay screams uh started in 2016 and what happened was, you know, I, I had been here for a few years up to that point, and I had done um, some out-of-state conventions, in-state conventions, you know, as a, as a vendor, you know, promoting my movies and selling them and stuff like that. And then um, I just got the idea one day. I went to a smaller convention, um, and I said to myself, I was like, I think maybe I could do that, you know, maybe I, I should give it a try. So, um you know, I took a look at some hotel ballrooms and a lot of them were like overpriced. And I was like, hey, this isn't going to happen. And then I, I found one that was affordable and, you know, you could only fit maybe about 30 or so tables in it. And I was like, you know, it might be worth trying. So we did our first convention, like I said, in 2016, uh, a padding was our main guest, um, Frank and Hooker. And, um, and then it was pretty much, uh, vendors and, um, you know, it was a lot of other filmmakers in the area in Tampa, um, selling their stuff. And, you know, we had some people selling like bongs and, you know, just kind of (laughs) odd, you know, the first convention was really, uh, very experimental, but (laughs) it worked out really good. It was just a one day thing. It worked out great. You know, the convention made money. Everyone was happy. It was a good time. I got all kinds of write-ups on it. You know, people like just they they what i think the mainly the people that went were people that had been going to conventions for a while and they had been to a lot of big, bigger cons um and they hadn't seen something small like this and you might be like well it's a small convention why was it so cool i think what was cooler about it was it was a more intimate experience like when you bought something from someone you got to talk to them for a while you got to hang out um like with with patty like she was really cool and like people got to like really hang out with her and talk to her whereas A lot of these big conventions it's like you wait in line forever you pay for your autograph you know maybe you get a couple words out of the the actor or actress and then you know you got to move on and um and i try to keep that same theme you know um uh, you know my convention it's just it's one big ballroom um we have a screening room now where we show uh, uh uh horror films Um, but it's, it's, it's smaller. I think there's, you know, we're a little bit bigger now than when we started. I think it's maybe 45 tables altogether. Mm. Um, and all the, all the stars, all the actors or whatever are in the same room as the vendors. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's what, it's, what's working for me. It's what's working for Tampa Bay screen. So we're, we're just trying to keep that going. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to go to a more intimate, type convention i think you know tampa bay streams would be a good good example
0: right on yeah man i uh i i i tend to actually like those type of conventions a little more you know just for like like what you said uh you can actually talk to the guests a little bit longer than like you know what you go to like uh you know like days of the dead is kind of a big one right now right and you know, and I like Days of the Dead as well. Yeah, but, th- those are fun
1: too. You know, I I enjoy those too. Um, but I like, you know, the smaller ones better for different reasons, I guess.
0: You know? Right. I, I agree, man. I agree. And uh, so yeah, I mean that's yeah. so that's
1: what you can kind of expect at mine. Sorry, I mean to cut you off.
0: <laughs> no, no 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 for sure. Yeah. Um. And uh, so uh, the. 2021 Tampa Bay Screams is coming up pretty soon, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, here's a little little, – I don't know why you can see it, but there's a few of the guests. Um, Despite uh, COVID, we actually have a really, really awesome lineup. It's probably one of the bigger lineups that we've had. Um, uh, I'll I'll rattle off some. We got uh, Lynn Lowry um, from the original – crazies and, and um uh, david cronenberg shivers uh, we got her Tamara glenn who was an actress excuse me in a uh, halloween five um she's i don't know how familiar you are with that movie um but there's a halloween party and she's wearing like this this red devil get up and she gets killed with like a pitchfork
0: right um, yeah
1: he's gonna yeah so i always said that that's kind of <laughs> she's gonna be there um camille keaton from i spit on your grave the original i spit on your grave uh joel Weinkoop, um which if you don't know who he is he's he's been a veteran b-movie actor since the 80s he's in a lot of uh tim ritter movies have you seen any of tim ritter's movies um, Dare?
0: i think maybe i've seen a couple i you know his name is pretty prominent in the horror genre so i've seen his his name in some trailers and whatnot
1: if you haven't definitely check him out i I would recommend any of his truth or dare movies or killing spree um you know they're they were the lower budget movies of the 80s you know and he was just a you know a regular guy that just you know just wanted to make a movie and and he made a few and um they're really awesome um so anyway joel Winecoop is is one of his actors that he uses very frequently. Um, that's in those movies um, and Joel's you know, Joel's got his own stuff, too. He's been directing and making movies for years. Um, so he's going to be there. Um, John Dugan, the uh, grandfather in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. Um, I've never met him, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Marilyn Eastman, which is the the mom that gets killed by her kid in the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, she's going to be there. So yeah, I'm really excited. I'm a big fan of, of, of night of living dead. So it's really exciting to have her. Um, who else? Oh, and, um, last but not least, uh, Lisa Wilcox, which is, plays the role of Alice in a nightmare on Elm street four, um, and part five too, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as we got two of the effects artists that work on that, that worked on that movie, uh, uh, Nick Benson and Mick Strawn. They're going to be joining her. So it's kind of a mini Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four uh, reunion, I guess.
0: That's awesome, man. Um,
1: and then we have our vendors. You know, we got a lot of uh, local filmmakers like uh Dustin Hubbard, the Box, Chris Woods, um Steve Rudindi. Roo- uh, he's not local, but uh, he made a movie called Carous Carousel. Carousel, I can't pronounce it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh J.R. Bookwalter. Um, he's been making movies for years. Todd Sheets. Um you know so we got a lot of uh, indie guys coming out too that are going to be selling their their movies wow and stuff.
0: man that sounds yeah. pretty awesome actually
1: yeah so i mean that's another thing we like to do is is we like to get a lot of indie directors um and because you know a lot of these guys i don't think they get the uh the attention that they deserve you know they're out there trying to push their stuff just like me and uh you know i i'm a filmmaker too so i know what it's like so i, I like you know bringing those type of people in too so new people can discover them and, and, um, you know, they, they get their, their shot at it too, man. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's hard for doing this. It's hard to make a movie. It's hard to promote a movie. So, you know, any help that you can get is, is always, you know, like doing this, this podcast show, you know, I I try to do anything like this that I can to meet new people and, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep my name, you know, in the limelight, I guess.
0: For sure, man. Hell Yeah. You uh, know I, I got to give a shout out to Nick Benson. I've had him on the show before and Oh,
1: cool. That's awesome. I've never met him before, so I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, he's a super cool guy. I uh I talk to him every once in a while and uh Cool. I think I think he uh he tagged me in uh in a post where I uh started talking to you and was like, Hey man, yeah, let's get you on. The yeah. Show. That's
1: how I, uh, I think I might've found out. Cause you know, I was like, Hey, I'd love to do a podcast. And, um, a few people responded, but I, um, I guess you, you went the extra mile and we got talking cause some people were just like, yeah. And then, you know, I didn't hear anything back. So I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so that's you gotta, funny. you gotta help me to help you. Like, you know, what do you this up?
0: Right. So, it's kind of like a two way street, you know, you gotta, yeah, <laughs> you gotta put in a little work too, to, to, uh, Not saying you, but, like, you know, the the other podcasters. Right, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, man, no, very cool. Uh, uh, The Marilyn Eastman, you know, addition to your uh, horror convention uh, is, like, uh, you know, that's legendary, man. Yeah, Uh,
1: she doesn't – I don't think she does a whole lot. You know, I haven't seen her around too much, so the fact that I was able to scour the earth and and get her to be a part of this (laughs) is really cool. And, I mean, she's an old lady, man. I mean, she's 80 – uh either eighty five or eighty seven. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I like I said, I'm I'm excited to have her, you know, I'm excited to agreed to do it.
0: <laughs> right. And in uh I don't know, like to me that just sounds like she sounds like she's probably a strong woman for being Oh yeah. Like, I mean
1: obviously with you know she's you know I you know she's aware of you know I told her I was like you know it's gonna be mass required you know we're gonna have a temperature uh gauge check at the at the door we're doing everything we can and not to say that she sounded like she didn't care, but I don't think that she she was just like, yeah whatever you know I'm coming and I'm like, okay <laughs> <laughs> you know she sounded she was very like I think someone like I, I posted about my event and someone was you know, oh man, it's so dangerous why are you doing that And I think she commented on it she's like, it's gonna be fine you got you kids are you're crazy so yeah, I think she is like <laughs> a tough old tough old lady just based yeah. on what I've seen you know I'm like the fact that she's doing this is you know, I think, you know, I mean, I don't know her that well, but it, it just seems like, you know, hey, you know, she's she's older and she's just like, you know, I want to do something, you know. It's like, what am I going to do? Right. I mean, rather do something I love than uh, just sitting around the house, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are just getting stir crazy. From, yeah, and that's yeah.
1: another thing. I mean, this year, I, I don't you know what kind of turnout I'm going to get because, you know, on one side, there's – People are going to come out. They're like, no, I don't want to risk it. And then on the other side, there's people like, man, I'm so bottled up. I haven't done anything in like a year. This is something that's happening that I can do. You know, I want to, I want to do something, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people can agree. Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, what can you tell us about your new crowdfunding film, Zed's Dead?
1: Okay, so Zed's Dead um came about. I was running some errands and um I was listening to the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, because it's a really cool soundtrack. And um I don't know, I just I got the idea for a movie about the uh The characters of Maynard and Zed, which are the, if you're not familiar with that movie, are the the pawn shop owners, I guess, in in Pulp Fiction. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool to see a movie just about those two guys, because they kind of they've got an interesting situation happen you could you could make a movie out of. So then I was like, well, you know, how am I gonna get around, you know, the rights and you know, I mean, I don't know if I could just do that. So I did a little research. And I changed the names of the characters to Z and M instead of Z and Maynard. And, you know, it's an original story and, you know, we, you know, change some stuff around. And, and if it's as long as it could be um, it, as long as it's a parody, you can you can do that. So I was like, all right, well, I think I can I can make that work. So I quickly wrote a script. I got my friend uh, Chris Lato on board that's worked with me on a lot, a lot of my movies. And, um, he really liked the idea and, uh, we got a space that we got really, well, for free, really, that we basically transformed into a pawn shop and, um, you know, we, uh, we made our movie. Um, so with that being said, you know, is that, you know, I know this is a, you know, a horror podcast and, and we're trying to keep it horror. I wouldn't necessarily say that Zed's Dead is, is a straight horror movie, I'd say it's more of a thriller with horrific things that have like our, our kills are really gory. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot of nudity, you know, that we know that I usually have in a lot of my movies. It's, it's more of an exploitation uh, kind of a movie, but I think horror fans will like it. um, Especially people that have seen my previous movies, because you got a lot of repeat actors. um, You know, the guy who does my score, um, he's, he's back and he, he did my score again. Uh, Tashi, Tashi Yuki Hi- Hiroka, um, out of Japan. And, um, uh, you know, like a lot of my, uh, stars, uh, uh, Sushi, a lot of people seem to like her. She's, she's in a, a decent role. Um, you know, I just have a lot of, a lot of, uh, repeat things that I've, I've had in other movies, you know, showcase in, in this one. Um, so, Anyway, you know, uh, the the campaign is live on IndieGogo, uh, the trailer's up. I'm going to put out a new trailer next week and you know, I'd say if you're a fan of pulp fiction or you're a fan of my movies or you know, fan of independent movies, I, you know, I think, you know, someone might might dig it. Um it's uh something kind of different, I guess.
0: Right on. Yeah, I always liked uh uh T T Reno's movies and uh you know, Pulp Fiction is awesome, uh, you know, From Dust Till Dawn, uh, you know, like so a lot of those movies, they're kind of like, like, you know, like I'll say like for Dust Till Dawn, it almost doesn't play out like a horror movie till like halfway through the movie, it seems, totally. and then, you know, and then it just kind of flips, flips uh, upside down. So like, you know, in even like with the uh, beginning half of that movie, like it was still just entertaining. And, uh, yeah. you know, kept, kept the end of the you into the movie. Know. So, um, you and,
1: know. and I think, I mean, not that, you know, my movies, anything like dust till dawn, but similar in some ways it, it, um, you know, we have a basic plot, you know, about these two guys running a pawn shop and then they're killing, raping and pillaging, but because their acts are so graphic, you know, it kind of plays like a horror movie because, um you know it's 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 just graphic and and uh distasteful i guess you know right um but uh yeah i mean i think i think a horror fan would like a movie like this even though like i said even though it's not like a straight horror movie um just because of its its graphic nature
0: right yeah you know uh i think a lot of horror fans are can kind of get into like the exploitation type films, so it's probably not too far off, I would say. No, from no. the sounds of it and from the trailer, um, it, it kept my interest, so yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: well, cool. So, well, then we, then we did
0: our job, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I see on your Indiegogo campaign, uh, you got many perks that, that people can, uh, can pick from to, to help crowdfund the movie. And then in the process they get rewarded with stuff. Uh, Could, could maybe uh, name off a couple uh, of your perks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so obviously we have the movie uh, both in DVD and Blu-ray format that you can buy. Um, Now those are going to be signed by the cast and crew. Uh, So that's going to be the only way if you're, you know, you're into signed stuff, that's going to be the only way that you can get, uh, you know, a signed movie. Um, are available. Uh, special thanks credits. If, if you know if that's that your if that's your uh, game, you like seeing your name in special thanks credits. There's that. Um, if if your pockets are a little deeper and you want a producer credit, we have associate producer and executive producer credits available. Um, and you also get a copy of the movie if you if you buy those. And then um, you know we have a lot of our props that we use. And this movie had really cool props. Like some of my movies have had cool props, but I think this one probably had some of the coolest ones. You know, we've got everything from bloody dresses and, uh, body parts to, uh, uh the post style briefcase. Um, we got the gimp outfit that actually, someone already bought that, um, which I played the gimp in the movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we've got weapons, we've got hammers, we've got bricks, you know, if that's your kind of thing. Um, i know i'm forgetting some stuff but just you know props from the movie and i'll you know i'll make a a certificate of authenticity so you know you can hey it's official or whatever um and some of them have sold some of some of the thought stuff that i thought was going to sell right away didn't and some of the stuff that i thought wasn't going to sell you know sold so um you know there is still a lot available you know if you're if someone's interested in that but um Anyway, yeah, the campaign's going pretty good. Uh, you know, we got about uh, 55 or 54 days left. And, um, uh, you know, I'm just trying to push it and, and get as many eyes on it as I can. And, uh, you know, hopefully people like it. You know, at the end of the day, I, you know, it's cool that people are supporting it. But, I, um, you know, I tried to make a movie that was entertaining, um, you know, first and foremost. So I hope people find it entertaining when they watch it.
0: Right on man. Yeah, I uh, I, uh speaking for myself, I uh, can't wait to check it out. It it looks uh it looks entertaining and uh and uh interesting. Uh I think uh is her name Sushi or Suki?
1: Uh it's Sushi. Sushi.
0: <laughs> Yeah, she a couple of those scenes uh I was like okay this... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, she's uh she's one of my go-to actresses. She's been in uh not all of my stuff but a lot of it. She um I first worked with her on Discord Service 2 and I think she's been in every one of my movies since then and a lot of people really liked her. You know, she's got her own fan base too. She um she's a fetish model and um you know, she does a lot of uh like pinups and you know pictorials and stuff like that and um she's just really cool to have on set she always uh has a a positive attitude and you know seems to be having fun and um you know we obviously we modeled the uh the poster is 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 her you know in the (laughs) fiction ripoff you know so i told her about my idea and um i was like you know do you think you could take a picture like that you know and um she's like yeah i think i could i could set something like that up and i was like perfect because i was like that's that's gonna be our our cover art it was that so wow,
0: wow that it, it actually is pretty spot on That's all. Awesome. yeah well i mean we had it
1: you know i wanted it to look like it but i didn't want it to look exact because then it's like well then we then it's you know a copyright thing but i mean you know i mean the the gun is green and the other one it's black i think in the other one, Uma Thurman has a cigarette in her other hand. The book is different. Oh. The lamp is different. And kind of, I always think this is kind of cool. Like, so it, it costs 13 cents and the Pulp Fiction one, it costs 10 cents. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's subtle changes, but yeah. But if you know the Pulp Fiction poster, like right away, you know what this is.
0: Yeah. You, you'll be able so to like, recognize uh, that. that
1: yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely close enough. You're like, wait a second. You know, I know what that is.
0: Right. Yeah, man, I love it, man. It's a, it sounds pretty interesting, and uh, you know, like I said, I can't wait to to check it out once once it's released. Yeah,
1: yeah, it'll. Um, I think the campaign's going to end around uh, April, so then I you know I'll have to get copies made. I'll start shipping them late April, and I think you know probably like a wide release, probably sometime in May, to where it's on like Amazon and stuff like that. Right on. Cool what we'll shoot for.
0: Heck yeah, man. Um, so, uh, you know, we've been in this pandemic for, for a while and, uh, has it changed or, I mean, uh, has it challenged or evolved yourself working as uh, a filmmaker and working in the film industry?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, so kind of odd. So I made last year, I made three movies, uh, Uh, I make Cannibal Campers, Sushi Sex Seance, and then right at the close of the year, Zed's Dead. So normally, I've only made one movie in a year um, was kind of my track record. So um, the pandemic for me has actually caused me to do more. Uh, I mean, the story with me is I lost my job and I just, you know, have more spare time. So we were like, well, yeah, but, you know, how do you get these actors and stuff? So, I mean, the, the beauty part about my movies is they can be made with minimal people. You know, a lot of movies are probably suffering and having trouble because they need so many people to put them together. You know, whereas my movies, I don't need a lot of actors. I don't need a lot of crew. I mean, I think on Zed's Dead, we had maybe four official crew people, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, myself, directing, and doing special effects uh my uh, buddy chris Lado being the dp our friend jason henny was an actor and did did the sound uh and then we had a girl doing slate for us uh, zoe uh, who's also an actress in the in the movie and that's it you know that was the whole crew so you know obviously you know we wore masks when we weren't shooting and that kind of thing and um you know, I had a questionnaire for everybody before they shot, you know, asking, you know, how do you been exposed to COVID? Have you taken care of anyone? Da, 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 da. And knock on wood, you know, no one got sick. You know, we've been very fortunate. And um, uh, like I said, I, I think in the indie world, you know, it's a little bit easier for that reason for us to make a movie is, is we can do it on a smaller scale than with Hollywood where you need, you know, 50 people just to get something started or or more. I don't know.
0: Right. Um, Right.
1: So yeah, for me, it's, it's caused me to do, make more things. You know,
0: that's awesome, man. That was uh, definitely not the answer I was expecting, but Hey man, that's awesome. If you can pump out three movies during a pandemic, like,
1: yeah, no. and, And it's, it's not something again that I planned for. Like, you know, what happened was I lost my job. And, um, you know, I had to go basically a whole month not seeing any friends, not going anywhere. And I just got bored. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to last forever. You know, maybe I should write a, a script. So uh, while I was thinking about that, I had recently watched a movie called Porn Star Zombies. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> All right. It, it's, it's not the greatest movie, you know, but I'm like, you know, that's a really inventive title like with a title like that you know the title is the selling point of the movie like you don't need anything else it's called porn star zombies (laughs) and like i said it wasn't the greatest but i watched the whole thing and it it kept me interested i'm like cool so i was like that's what i need i you know and i'm i'm really on titles of my movies like it's got to be something that kind of comes out at you so like uh, i don't know how it just happened it just it literally just jumped into my brain i'm like how about naked cannibal campers and I just started thinking about you know who I could get to be in the movie where I could shoot it and everything just started really piecing it together and I wrote the script honestly in about two weeks and then I think two weeks from that we started shooting we shot the movie in five days and then about a month and a half later um my editor had the movie had the rough cut and then uh you know, from start to finish, from idea to having a Blu-ray, we timed it. It was 90 days, and that's the fastest I've ever put something out.
0: Holy shit, man! So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and Z
1: Zed pretty much about the same. You know, it's about a 90-day process. So now that we're on that kind of a schedule, um, me and my partner in crime Chris Lato, like we we kind of like that that pace, and we're we're already uh, in the process of uh, writing another movie, um, which I don't want to get the title out yet, but, um, this time he's direct, you know, producing, but, uh, you know, because we can do it so cheap and so fast, you know, uh, I think that's kind of helpful in the pandemic type situation is, you know, we're not around these people very long, you know, so, um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just more convenient, I
0: guess. Right right on man
1: so yeah yeah
0: (laughs) sounds pretty interesting man i'll definitely have to keep my eyes peeled
1: yeah naked cannibal campers um it's available on dvd and blu-ray but unfortunately because of its graphic nature i you know it's it we did have i had a um my friend chris woods had a vimeo channel um and it got about a month ago i think it got completely shut down. Because all the movies were too graphic on it, and we're like, "Well, you know, why? Like, who's to decide that?" But they basically kind of just didn't really give us an explanation other than like the movies aren't appropriate, and they shut the whole channel down. And and the sucky part was, the channel was just starting to to get notoriety and to do it was doing really good and you know a bigger audience, and then um, you know they shut it down. So damn. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, you know, I know streaming's definitely, I mean, for a lot of films, and a lot of people, the way to go, but for me, you know, I just have had minimal success with streaming, you know, the physical copies are still what keeps me, uh, keeps my filmmaking alive.
0: Right. Right. And like, I'll say with uh, the streaming, like sure it's convenient, but uh, you know, I think, uh, physical media is more superior because uh with streaming services, a lot of these movies dissipate after maybe a couple months. Like, you know, they're only on there for so long. And oh yeah, take no, I, I
1: mean I, I've definitely experienced that where um, you know, I've I've watched a movie, I really liked it, and I didn't buy it or whatever, and then you know, I told a friend about it or I wanted to revisit it and and then it's gone. I'm like, oh shit. So um yeah, I, I definitely think a physical copy is much more valuable. And two I'm a big uh, uh, special features guy. Like, I like a lot of the supplemental stuff that's, you know, on a DVD or a Blu ray. You know, you got commentaries, interviews, slideshow, behind the scenes, featurettes. You know, if it's a movie that I'm really interested in, I want to know everything about it. And you don't get that with streaming. You just get the movie, you know?
0: Right, right. Most definitely, man. Um, uh, so like for me, I'm a big fan of like Romero's Dawn of the Dead, it's probably like, my favorite horror oh, yeah, movie of all time. Definitely. Um, so what was it like working with uh Mike C- Christopher <laughs> on well, your home Joe? I uh,
1: <laughs> man, I um, no one's asked me about that in a while, so that was my first, first film. Um, and uh, I don't really talk about that one uh, too much because there was kind of uh, it didn't end well. Uh-huh, um, okay. so uh, so i discovered mike christopher at a little uh i guess you could call it a convention it was it was called the real terror film festival it was here in tampa it lasted for about three four years and he was one of the guests there and um i was just getting into filmmaking um and i was trying to put some stuff together i had made a couple shorts and i was trying to put together my project joe vampire and at first i really wanted uh brooke mccarter do you know who brooke mccarter is
0: uh-uh.
1: he is one of the uh actors in the in the lost boys um have you ever seen the lost boys
0: yeah i've seen the lost boys
1: okay you know
0: the scene
1: where uh cory feldman and i think it's James newlander they they push one of the vampires into a bathtub and he you know he explodes or whatever oh
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: that The vampire. That's Brooke mccarter That's who. He oh, is. okay. So he lived in Tampa, and he had just worked on a movie called The O oh Show that was shot in Tampa, which is actually Herschel Gordon Lewis's last movie. Um, and he was at the the little convention that I was at, um, and I was working on a live stage show with him called Splatter Theater. So, you know, I um I talked to him about it, and he kind of didn't give me a yes or no answer. Like he. I think he wanted to say no, but he didn't want to be a dick about it. So, you know, I kind of I was moving kind of quick and he wasn't really responding. So I was like, all right, well, let me try someone else. And I thought of my Christopher. I'm like, well, he seems cool. And, you know, I kind of liked his look. I was like, I could see him as a vampire. And um, <laughs> I approached him about it. And he was kind of a little standoffish, too, because he hadn't it was a lead role. And he had never done a lead role before. And I think he was maybe a little intimidated by it. And I was like, look, you know, this is a lower budget movie. You know, you're not going to get paid a lot, but it's, uh, you know, it's a lead role. And um, he eventually accepted. And so the story goes, so, you know, I put this movie together with um, some people that I don't really work with anymore. And the the DP that I had on board um just proved to be really problematic. Like anytime I would direct a scene, he would go over what I said and then tell the actors, no, no, do it like this. Or he would, before I got on set, tell them to do stuff that I hadn't directed. And it was just really, it really sucks. Like, it was just like, I don't, you know, but I was so hungry to make something that I kind of, with that movie, I just kind of let things go. I'm like, you know what? It's getting made. (laughs) Things are happening. It's not what I want. It's, not you know and then also Mike Christopher um you know he always had a lot of input with what he wanted to do with the character so I mean that movie is honestly like 10% my vision. <laughs> oh man <laughs> um yeah so i really just I lost a lot of uh just creative control on that movie and I won't go into detail but um you know my relationship with Mike and uh the DP who was also named Mike by the way which that was kind of confusing on set. Yeah. Um, our relationships just kind of soured and it just didn't go well. And um, they weren't happy the outcome of the movie. Um, and they really didn't, you know, help promote it or anything. And, and that movie just, it didn't really do well for me. Um, with that being said, it was a, uh, you know, a learning experience. Like I definitely learned a lot for making that movie. And my next movie, De- Die, Die, Delta Pi, I think absolutely benefited me from, you know, the mistakes that I had, you know, made on, the on Joe vampire.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a shame, but, uh, but you know, but yeah, you should
1: check it. I mean, if you're a fan of the dawn of the dead and, you know, you want to see the Harry, Harry Christian play vampire, you should check it out.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he really didn't have too many roles.
1: No. I mean, that's probably his most memorable role. Um, and uh I don't I, you know, like I said, we don't really keep in touch much anymore. I don't know what he's done past my movie. Um but uh he's definitely he's he's Joe vampire in Joe Vampire. So
0: right on, right on. Um well maybe we'll for a minute we'll move away from uh from your films po- possibly. Uh so like uh what what horror movies have you been watching lately that you've really dug? Um, I mean, in recent times, I mean,
1: two that come to mind just cause I saw them in the past week. Um, I recently watched the, uh, the house that Jack built. Have you ever seen that?
0: I, I just bought it recently. I haven't gotten around to checking it out. That's it funny. Awesome. Cause I,
1: I bought mine, I guess it was a scream factory sale and I, around December ish and I bought it and it's just been sitting in plastic. And like two days ago, I finally, uh, I finally watched it because a friend of mine really liked it and was really pushing me. He's like, you gotta watch, it, you gotta watch it. And, um, I definitely liked it. You know, it was, it was a little long for my taste. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I like Matt Dillon in the movie, but I kind of would have preferred a no name actor playing the role uh-huh. for me. Cause I, once like a star plays like a serial killer, I can't, um, you know, I, I like, I'd rather see someone that I don't know that I've never seen before because then it, it seems a little more realistic to me.
0: Right. You know? right. It's, it's
1: like, this is someone, like, he's not killing anybody, you know. Um, with that <laughs> being said, I thought he did a really good job. Like, I, you know, there's no question that he did a good job. Um, but other than that, like, it's a really cool movie. It was just some really uh, kind of grotesque stuff that I just kind of caught me off guard. And, um, you know, it kind of almost felt a little bit like a reality... Like, the way it's shot, it felt like a reality TV show with Matt Dillon. Like, he's almost kind of... He doesn't talk to the camera, but he narrates what he's doing, you know? So, it's like he's Mm. kind of talking to the audience. So, I thought that was kind of cool. And, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, Another one I recently watched, probably more of a thriller. Um, It's this movie called The Vanished. Have you heard about that at all?
0: Uh, I feel like there's, like... Ten different the vanished movies.
1: Well, there's the there's vanishing the vanishing. This one is a new movie, called the vanished. It stars Thomas Jane and Anne Heche. Um, and it's basically about this couple that goes to the woods. They go camping in a big camper, and their daughter turns up missing. So it becomes a kind of a murder mystery movie. Mm. Um, so throughout the movie, there's there's other kills that happen because supposedly there's a uh, an escape. Uh, convict on the loose Killing people But it it kind of has a really surprise ending Like you know I, I don't want to give anything away To you or anyone that might check it out But it's when you see the ending It's it's totally not expected And you're like I can't believe you know What happened kind of thing um, But it was a really good movie nevertheless um, And I'm not you know I'm not a big Anne Heche fan I, I just I don't know I don't really dig her But she was awesome in the movie um, It's It's on Netflix If you want to check it out
0: Right on Heck yeah.
1: Um I have seen other stuff, but you know, I watch so many movies, it's it's just hard for me to like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I I can't, I can't remember ever everything.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It's like I, I watch so many movies and then and then I, I fall into like little slumps where it's like, man, I have like I watch so many movies at one time, like I don't get burnt out, but I, I kind of stop watching movies for a while, do some other things and it's like all right. Now I, I yeah I got I get yeah. this watch pile building up. I need to start watching Yeah, stuff. it's 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 um I don't watch a movie. I I try not to
1: force myself because I mean watching a movie should be an enjoyable experience. So I don't want to like, you know, because I got a watch pile too that's getting out of hand. But um I eventually get to it all, you know, I eventually watch, you know, everything. Right. Um but
0: uh yeah, anyway, those two
1: movies they're, they're two that I've recently watched that I that I thought were good. Um, right on. We're checking out, definitely.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, do you have like a, a favorite horror subgenre? Um, I was thinking about that. Uh, I
1: mean, I have a few, but one that really, you know, I like. Um, I guess, I guess you could call it a subgenre, and there's even a subgenre of that. Is is kind of the more like TNA. Kind of horror movies like your your sorority slashers, your cheerleader slashers, your um, uh, gym or massage parlor slasher movies, where like the theme <laughs> is basically a nutcase slashing up attractive women. Um, which I mean, I'm sure sure that, but you know, I like the sorority girl, um, cheerleader stuff. Like, um, let me think of some examples: House and Sorority Row. Uh, uh, spirit camp, cheerleader camp, um, you know, those types of movies. Um, and I mean, I, I made a Di die die delta pie is a sorority house slasher movie. Um, I, and and I like, I kind of like more the the B rated, second rated horror movies. Like, you know, of course, you got like your your screams and your nightmare on Elm Streets and that type of stuff, which I do like those, but I kind of like the lower level stuff better. Um, I I don't know. I think I like the cheapness of it. You know, I, I think it's usually a little more inventive. Like when, when horror movies start having big budgets and, and star actors, for me, it, it kind of like takes me away from it. It doesn't seem as realistic as where like, okay, I don't know any of these actors in this movie. Um, you know, the kills are usually a little more graphic in the lower budget stuff. And, um, you know, the movies are a little more, uh, like try to push a little harder with with, with everything, you know. I, I like that kind of stuff. You know, the lower rent sorority slasher type movies.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Those like you, you can't go wrong with with those type movies. What about
1: you? What what, uh, what kind of subgenres do you like?
0: <clears throat> um. Well, for me, uh, yeah. Like I mean, like uh, slashers in general. I. I'm, I, I guess a sucker for slasher type movies. And I like to see like what all the different types of scenarios that a slasher can be in
1: everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like any, anything that, that people can think of it's, it's going to be incorporated into a slasher somehow.
1: Yeah. They, it's, it's hard coming up with original stuff now because it's a lot of, it's been done.
0: Right. And then like really, um, I guess, like, uh, you know, I I really like uh, just practical effects over, like, CGI. Me too.
1: Yeah, that's one that we hadn't touched on. And, I mean, my, my movies, I mean, some of them have, like, a little bit of CGI here and there. But I'd say my movies are 95% practical special effects. It's, it's what I grew up with. It's what I like seeing. It's what I like doing. You know, I don't like CGI. You know, it just looks really phony you know it's like it's like if i wanted to watch a cartoon i'd watch tom and jerry or something or
0: whatever. <laughs> right know? yeah i mean you know i don't mind a little bit of cgi but uh for the most part if you really want to get me sucked into uh, a horror movie it's got to have like some awesome uh, practical effects
1: I, i'm big like if there's because like i said i mean i do have cgi in some parts of some of my movies i like cgi when it's like okay I see why they did that because they didn't really have much of a choice. Like when your first choice can be a practical way to do it, I think you should always, do that, you know um, like in my movie, naked cannibal campers, you know, we have someone that has light rays that come out of their hands. You know, I don't know how to do that practically. So obviously CGI right. would be the way to do it. Um, but you know, if you have someone getting stabbed to death and you're showing like, you know, animation blood come out like why that that's <laughs> stupid. Like you, there's a way you could have done that for real. Um, right, right. So yeah, I, like uh, you know, I, like I said, I don't mind a little bit of CGI as long as it's um, it's it wasn't the first choice. You know, it's like well, I see why they did that. It's like what else could they have done? You know, um, right. and good CGI to me, if it's good CGI, you don't know that it's CGI if it's done really good. You know, it's like oh, I didn't even couldn't even tell.
0: Right, <laughs> like, like for that, uh, commenting on that, like, what comes to mind is like, uh, the newer uh Godzilla movie is actually pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, and I like Godzilla, but I, I kind of, I prefer the, you know, the mechanical puppet Godzilla stuff. I'd rather see that than than a whole CGI movie, you know. Yeah. It's, again, yeah. It, it feels like I'm watching a cartoon. It just, I don't know. It's, just, I'm not. I uh, eventually watch that movie, but um I'm I'm not in a rush, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean I'll I'll probably see the the new Godzilla vs. Kong, but it's not gonna be on HBO Max. Like I'm not gonna pay the no. the big money to see that. I'll wait maybe for it to you know come on DVD Blu ray or something. rent maybe. it
1: said Redbox or something.
0: Yeah. For sure. But yeah, man. Uh as far as like some other like, like you know, it it is hard to to answer what a favorite subgenre is, but like you know, just ones that kind of you know come to mind that maybe I enjoy more, or like the ones I mentioned, and then just like just like B horror movies in general that you know yeah
1: yeah now I mean you know because when I first started getting into movies you know horror movies you know all I kind of knew. Was the mainstreamy stuff, you know, and then, you know, as you start digging deeper, you start discovering, you know, directors like Tim Ritter that I mentioned, or me, or uh, Todd Sheets, or J.R. Bookwalter, and 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 stuff like that. And um, you know, now, um, that's the stuff that I I like the most because, you know, being a filmmaker. I can relate to those movies better. It's like, okay, well, they didn't have a lot of money either. They didn't have, you know, the biggest stars and let me, let me see what they did and how they did it. And if something really impresses, I'm like, wow, you know, that's really cool. You know, how did they, you know, do that the way they did. Um, As with when I watch a Hollywood movie, there's no surprise. There's like, well, they had every resource that they needed, you know, (laughs) <laughs> and, and you know, it's like they, there's no way they didn't have what they needed to make that movie. They had what they needed, you know. Right. Um, so in just knowing that in the back of my mind, it's not as interesting to me, you know. Watching a, you know, and a, and a lot of the newer stuff now, like the bigger budget horror stuff, that, that Holly and out is is not attractive to me at all, you know.
0: Yeah, it it's it really has been hit or miss the past few years. Um, yeah, I mean, there, with that said,
1: there's been a couple cool things that come out, but you know, uh, a lot of it's kind of just blah, just eh, you know?
0: Right. Uh, so, uh, maybe moving on to, to one of your films, uh, what can you say about, uh, death escort service? Cause I know you've made a sequel to that, but, uh, and I think that's, that's your only movie that you've had a sequel to. So there's gotta be something pretty, uh, uh, prominent about that one uh, what can you talk about death Service?
1: yeah so so there's actually there's two sequels to this there's uh the third one is called taste me death service point um but yeah there's it's a trilogy um so this movie we made back in 2015 uh with uh my friend chris woods that co-wrote it and shot it and edited it um so at that point, you know, I had, I had made Joe Vampire and Die, Die, Delta Pi. And Die, Di Delta Pi did, you know, did pretty good. It reached a pretty good audience. I got some decent feedback. Um, but, you know, a lot of the reviews I was getting on Delta Pi were, we want more nudity, we want more gore, you know, is what a lot of people said. So I was like, all right, well, so I wanted to cater to that. I'm like, okay, what could I do that would have that? So I was like, all right, I'm already house movie. I was like, why don't I just make a movie about hookers? I mean, you know, it's like, they're they're always getting naked. And then I was like, I, you know, all the kills I'll make sure are more graphic than I did in, in Die, Die, Delt's Pie. So, um, you know, I quickly wrote a script. Um, I worked with Chris Woods, not Chris Lato, uh, which is another filmmaking friend. And it was the first time me and Chris Woods had teamed up on something. And, uh, you know, we wrote this, we co-wrote the script and we, we set up the the shoot dates and, and we went out and we made our movie and um, um when we can you know it it seemed fun it seemed cool it it, it you know it just but it just kind of seemed like business as usual you know we were just you know doing our jobs and um then the movie you know got edited um well chris woods edited it, and um you know we watched it together at first and we both liked it we we're like okay you know i think this is you know kind of edgy and cool and and um you know, we thought it was, you know, we thought it was all right. So then when we finally released it, like we had a, uh, we had a showing here in Tampa and we probably had, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 people show up and we got a, a really uh, response from the audience because I think they were kind of expecting something a little more less graphic. Like they were some, expecting something a little more mainstream and, you know, this movie, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it because the movie's, you know, older. I mean, we have a scene where we kill a girl by shoving a base uh, a barbed wire baseball bat up her vagina, you know? And I think that people just weren't... And and it's not like we just do it. Like, there's five minutes of that, you know, you know it's going. And, and there's a lot of other kills like that in the movie. And I think people were just expecting, you know, someone's throat to get slashed, someone gets stabbed or whatever. And because it wasn't that... You know we started getting a lot more feedback from um you know just fans that that that, that like that kind of because that was probably the most extreme movie i had had made up to that point and um still to this day it still sells well the new people keep discovering it and um you know it's the only movie that i've made that that, that has spawned sequels um because it's it's one of the sellers so um uh, you know, we might make a fourth one. There's, you know, we've been talking about that for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really surprised and happy with how that movie has done uh, over the years.
0: Right on, man. Yeah, I've been uh, watching the, the trailers for them and they look pretty brutal. So well again I'll another problem
1: like a lot of those trailers i think there might be there's like there's like two or three trailers to the movie and a lot of them have been taken down because they're like no that's too much you can't show that so again where you know the streaming aspect of my filmmaking is you know not available
0: <laughs> right on right on hey man uh it has been a lot of fun chatting with you and uh uh, you know, is there is there anything that you'd like to to plug in in uh, like your social media or any merch sites or anything that you'd like you'd like people to check out?
1: Yeah. So um, if you're interested in checking out some of my movies, you can go to my website. It's uh, GatorBladeFilms.com. And um, most of my movies are for sale on there. You can buy them. But I mean, they're linked to Amazon. So you're going to be buying them through Amazon which is cool. Um, or you can just, you know, if you happen to find me on Facebook, it's just Sean Donahue. You can contact me directly and I'll, you know, I'll sell you a copy just, you know, on PayPal or whatever. Um, also my website, there's a Tampa Bay screams page, and you can buy tickets for the convention. Um, you know, get a little more information about the convention there. Um, which by the way, that's going to be March 19th and 20th at, uh, the Ramada West shore here in Tampa, Florida. So, uh, if you want to check out me and some of my stuff and some of the actors and actresses in my movies, you know, they'll all be there as well as, um, you know, like I mentioned before, Lisa Wilcox, Neil Keaton, Lynn Lowry, Joel Weinkoop, and a bunch of others. And, um, you know, check out, uh, my newest movie, uh, the Indiegogo campaign, just go on Indiegogo and type in Zedstead, and it should pop up and, uh, you can buy props and, uh, uh, copies of the movie
0: right on man uh yeah this has been a lot of fun talking to you and uh for the listeners i will put the link to the uh zed's dead indiegogo campaign in the description of this episode as well as uh when i uh promote this episode i'll have this uh or i'll have the link in the uh in my social media as well
1: awesome man and don't forget to give me your address because i'm gonna like I said, I'm going to send you this copy.
0: Hell yeah, man. I Yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate that too, man. You got it. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you, Sean, for coming to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. We'll, uh, we'll have to do it again sometime.
0: For sure. Right on. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. All right. Well, that was episode 53. Uh, Thank you again, Sean, for coming to the show. Uh, It was a lot of fun talking to you. And for the listeners out there, make sure to check out GatorBladeFilms.com for more info on Tampa Bay Screams and uh, and purchasing uh, some of Sean's movies and merch. And then also don't forget to check out the Indiegogo campaign for Zed's Dead on Indiegogo.com. Search for Zed's Dead and should be the first one that pops up. Next up on the Root Horror Podcast, I'll be having returning guest Matt Awkward coming on the show. We're going to team up and talk about Jim Wynorski's Hard to Die. And then we're also going to talk about Women in Horror, celebrating Women in Horror Month. So, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, and you can follow me on social media at Root Horror Podcast for Instagram and Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Root Horror Pod. And my email address is RootHorror at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, if you would like to be a guest on the show, or if you're a musician that would like to be uh, showcased on the Root Horror Music Corner uh, segment, send me an email also uh i just got up a link tree so for now on in my uh link bios and whatnot i'm gonna post my link tree and then that'll pretty much show you all of my social medias and you know pretty much everything so everything's all in one place uh but yeah that's, that's about it guys and uh stay tuned for the next one show.